Kane is in the building. Hey, what's going on, sitters? Hey, uh, we got a we got a little different show tonight. Our our MC, our producer, is not in, so uh, I'm gonna fill in. Um, we got Joey Edge and John Woodley, special guest. Nice little interview. I can assure you, you will not be disappointed. So hang in there for that one. And uh, this is Chris with uh, we're front porch sitting, y'all. Today, we're not gonna do the quiz down, right? It's it's Brad's turn to be quizzed down. It's not Brad's turn. We can't do quiz down without Brad. Yeah, no, we'll we'll pause on that. So. Brad's working. The bills don't ever stop, so he's he's paying the bills tonight. So y'all just forgive him on that one. Um, we're gonna talk about when I kicked your ass in golf. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit of uh, Seminole baseball, right? Seminole right. Baseball. Two for two. I'm I'm thrilled with the start of the show. Two for two. I kicked your ass in golf. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here. Go ahead. Yeah, you, can't, you can't say shit. And then the Knowles are playing. And is Florida playing? Or the DBU? <laughs> Beat him or knock him out. The, the real DBU knocked us out. The real DBU knocked you out. Right. Um, a little bit of uh, NBA Finals. We won't talk about it too much because our good buddy and, and usual loyal listener JT Clark is uh, boycotts our show. When we talk basketball. Found that out today. Today through text message. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. I found that out as well. Yeah. Um, a little bit of hockey finals update, and then um, and then the grand finale. We'll we'll talk to John Woodley, uh, interview him, uh, kind of talk about his. His college experience when he played football and his recruitment process, and then his journey on on the coaching path, and, and like what he's doing today. So, um, oh yeah, drinking beer in college football games—that's super relevant. Very we much will so. touch on that. So uh, that's kind of what we got on the on the docket for you guys tonight, guys. Uh, so um, it feels like it's been a long time since we talked. So kind of kind of happy to have y'all back, right? I mean, I agree. I'm ready to get this thing going. Yes, sir. So, uh, Joey. <laughs> What did uh, what did you do this weekend? Um, well, see, I uh, we had a uh, tournament in um, in Valdosta on Saturday. Okay. Um, team played pretty good. Finished second in the tournament. Uh, Not bad. How many yeah. game, How many games is that for the for the yeah. listener the sitter at home? It, like, was, it was only four this weekend, so it's not bad. It's but normally, bad. normally it's a lot more, right? Like if you're uh, finishing second in a tournament, it's yeah, typically, typically it's five, six, somewhere in there. Yeah, depending that, on, depending that's on a lot of damn games. Yeah. Um, we don't have a we don't have enough pitching to really truly compete with the big boys, but right. you know we're working on it. We're we're just a small town group that you know we we work hard. Right, I'll say that we play hard. Fair enough. Um, I tried to get ejected. It didn't work. So oh yeah, no, you I did. Talk I didn't. About really, it. I didn't really try to get ejected. You kind of did though. Um, if I would I would have rang you. I would have done it. It would have no. been. I would have been successful. I would have rang you, man. The guy that we were talking about earlier, J T. Clark. Yeah. He made me not. He told me not to. He said, "Don't, don't do it." Yeah, but but he what? yelled it across the field and made me look like an asshole. But that's okay. At that point, and then you had to. I should have then. Like, you sure. can't punk me and tell me I can't get. I have to get ejected now. I should have. Well, they're how old are they? Twelve. No, you can't. And I know it's. You hard. still can't. Yeah, I was being very respectful to the man. No, you weren't. I certainly was. Okay, I'm not arguing. Trust me, I was. Okay. If you would have seen the call, you would have understood. But it, I was very respectful and just no. told him he missed the call very plainly. No, you put your hands on him. I didn't throw hands at him. I, you, I, I didn't say you threw hands. I said you put your hands on him. I tapped him on the shoulder. And said, hey, bud, you missed out. <laughs> and I'm going to say, hey, bud, I'm fixing. <laughs> oh, man, about already? Five minutes in, I about dropped the F-bomb. I'm about to freak you up. Anyway, You can't put your hands on me. That's all we did this weekend, man. Okay. No, that's all? That's it. That's all I remember. Okay. Well, yeah, you're traumatized, and I understand that. 
Uh, that's not all we did. So I'll go ahead and answer what we actually did. So the whole weekend revolved around this big tournament on Sunday. We played a scramble uh, with myself and the legend Shane Edge versus Joey Edge, little brother, and <laughs> and uh, Zach Edge or Zach Edge, Zach Esmanship, little brother, right? Yeah, basically, right. So those two versus me and Shane. Um, I refuse to tell you how many of my actual shots we used. Do you actually know the number? I do. I'll, I'll, I'll tell it later. I, can I finish? Can I have my time right now? Okay, I'm, I'm, I was asking a I question. Do, I, didn't I, know. Know the t- I, I know the exact number. I didn't have to count very high. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we kicked y'all's ass on 18. Um, we beat y'all by six holes. Six strokes. Mm. Maybe have been six holes. Too, I think I it was both. I think it was uh, six holes and six strokes. Yeah. Probably. So we kicked your ass. We pulled away a... A cool, what, 20 bucks each, 19 bucks each. Right. So, played, I, I profited two bucks on the round that day. It was wonderful. Wonderful time. Shane and I had a good time. Um, Out of 18 stro- eighteen holes, what, arguably, what, I think we shot a, a 69, 68? Y'all shot 68. We shot 74. So, out of um 68 strokes, uh, we used three of Chris's shots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the exact number of Zach's, but... I, oh, God. It wasn't many. It, it he wasn't, played as bad as me. He played as bad as I've ever seen him play. I've never seen honesty. him play that bad. I've but never seen me play that bad. I agree with that, because last weekend we played, and you played much better than that. Yeah, much better. So, I don't know what the deal was. I think I knew that I had Shane's shot to, to rely on. I have to tell you this. Shane has been hitting the golf ball about as well as okay. he's ever hit it in his life. So can we, just real quick, and then we'll, we'll move on because this probably isn't so enjoyable to listen to. We live-tweet, I live-tweeted every hole. That's all I was good for on Sunday. <laughs> Mind you, it was live-tweet every every shot. But I've never seen anyone play golf as good as your brother played on Sunday. Uh, apparently on Saturday, he shot 69, I believe. Okay, well, he basically shot uh, that on six, Sunday. Yeah, he basically shot 60, 68, 69 on Sunday. So, right. like I said, he's hitting about as well as I've ever seen him hit it over a, over a long course of time. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It, he it, shot 34 on the back nine the previous, <clears throat> was it Sunday we played? We played it, yeah. Yeah, he shot 34 on the back nine then, so he's he's playing well right now. He's rolling right now. So, for those of you who don't know, we're running this shit back uh, this weekend. I'm going to make another $19 on Shane's back. I'll buy him a Gatorade or a soda. We'll, I'll find a way to contribute. I mean, but we're going to kick y'all's ass again. It, it's inevitable. No, no. You know it. No. Okay. Listen, let's, okay. Let's double it up. Let's double it up this weekend. Oh, my God. Please. Okay. Done. Done. Double. It's on. It's on. They don't have a choice. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's what we did this weekend. Uh, made money. Joey lost money. Me and Shane made money. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. What about uh, baseball? A little bit of college baseball. Did you watch any? I didn't get to watch as much as I would have liked to. Yeah, and I didn't either. want to watch the Gators play because, God, they're so frustrating. Um, hey, real quick, before yeah. we get too far into that, I know you don't want to talk about it too terribly much, but what was the, what has been the difference in Gator baseball this year compared to like the past two or three years where they've been just abnormally dominant? So I was talking to uh, a patient the other day about this because – you know, I have a few patients that are fans of Gator sports, and so we were talking about it. And uh, right, I honestly think that there's there's been a draft or not a draft, a recruiting class or two that hasn't quite lived up to expectation. And in baseball, like in football, if you have a 25 man class and and six of them aren't successful, 
you still have 19 that are, so you can hide that class, and it makes it not look like you've had a huge drop-off. Right, okay. Whereas baseball, you know, you have 13.5 scholarships or 12.5 scholarships, whatever it is, and basketball where your roster's small. If you ever have a bad recruiting cycle, yeah. it it like it enhances the, the, the horribleness of it a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I follow you. And so I, they lost everyone last year. I mean, everyone that, right. com- that contributed it for the most part. And the guys that were supposed to come in and take those guys' place that contributed a little bit last year, and they ever like you kind of thought that they were gonna take that next step. They right. just really never took that next step, and uh, and it showed. Do you think that's like? I mean, Sullivan does a good job. Is O'Sullivan? O'Sullivan. I mean, obviously he does an exceptional job, but is there like some lack of development there? I mean, because it sound if if they contributed a bit, and then now we're expecting them to to develop and to become major contributors. Or is it they're just not capable and they miss on the recruiting trail? I, I think, or the evaluation maybe. Yeah, I think maybe it, it could be a, maybe a little bit of a combo of both, but I think it's more missing on the recruiting on the recruiting cycle on the re- recruiting trail. Right. Um. But I, I've heard I've heard things that that a couple of the assistant coaches down there don't don't really even speak to each other. Like there there's some there's some like animosity I guess between between a couple of them. I've heard that. I don't know how true it is. I don't know anybody in right. the program. Right. No, I know. Um, yeah right. Yeah, you're and, you're an insider. Don't don't sell yourself short. Well, the one we guy, have the heat in this summer bitch right. tonight. Yeah. Well, the one Stop guy lying. I do know. Stop lying. The one guy I do know that possibly possibly could wouldn't tell me anything anyways, and that's my good nephew Brock Edge, who's going to oh, be yeah. a, a Gainesville native next year whenever he's playing at the University of Florida. But no, the only time yeah. I'll, I'll root for that kid for the Gators for one at bat per damn <laughs> what three at bats a game I guess yeah, four at bats a game four yeah yeah Will luck. Dalton got drafted sorry this side note Will Dalton got drafted in the eighth round so hopefully that clears up that right field spot altogether because yeah that's where uh, Dalton was playing okay so hopefully he uh, he goes ahead and takes that money and Brock Edge has a walk in to to right field well, that would I mean, be nice he might would have took down Will Dalton's job anyways but I, mean, I, I, think, I, I hear you I, I truly think he could and should but I understand I have a small bias too so, well yeah, yeah. same. Um, what about your Seminoles, buddy? Dude. All right. So if anyone knows me, they know the dynamic in, in my relationship. Uh, my fiance is a, a gigantic Bulldog fan. Football. Doesn't really give a damn about any other thing but Bulldog. Right. Right? Like, diehard. We're sitting in my office now and I have Bulldog memorabilia in this son of a bitch. It isn't mine, but I can't throw it away. So um, it was really awesome to uh, have Florida State <laughs> beat the dog shit out of uh, Georgia. I, they beat them 22-4 to four in two games. Right. I mean, they were the number one seed, top eight seed nationally, right? It's amazing to me that Florida State had hit the ball the way they did in the regional. Like, it's stupid how they saw it. No, I mean, and, and that's the thing. That's the thing about baseball, and you know this. Any team can get hot on You know how they, in football, anybody can win on any given day? That is true to an extent. Yes. It is a one million percent true in baseball. If Whole somebody, different world of, if somebody, level of that. Yeah. yeah, if somebody shows up, like the Van Eyck kid that he pitched the uh, the first opening match, he was ninety five to ninety six, ninety seven all night long. Okay, spotting, throwing in all three pitches for strikes. Right, you're not hitting it, and then not to mention the the run support he got. I mean, they beat him twenty two to four in two games. So, uh, I mean, they're hot at the right time. And I want nothing more than for them to play well this next super regional versus LSU and send Mike Martin out on the right. I mean, he's been there what for forty years now. They've never won the big one. They've never also missed the damn postseason. 
In 40 years? Like, 40 years. 40 years. People don't understand how ridiculous that actually is. Like, Doesn't he have 40 straight, 40 win seasons too now? Something like that, yeah. I think I, now that they won their they won their games, yeah. yeah, he does. And so, like, people don't understand. Seminole fans, not people, Seminole fans get frustrated with, like, oh, we haven't won a championship. And I get it. And I understand that. Like, at the end of the day, that's the goal to try and win a championship. But, damn. like The greatness of the uh, and the longevity of, of – those that's, numbers are insane. That's so tough to do. Yeah. And then, like, t- this this past weekend, they overachieved. And so, I mean, I, I'm, I was thrilled. I, it was fun to watch the game because they played well, and, like, they and they hit the cover off the baseball. And, like, that's all. That's fun to watch regardless. But, and then they did it against Georgia while, while she had to watch. She left the room because I was starting to be a little bit ridiculous. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really care about baseball. That, you know I love baseball. And right. I will say this. I will say this. It's hard for me to watch a baseball game on television. I'll go to park any damn day of the week because that is entertaining. But watching them play like on TV, I was like, "Damn, this is fun to watch. This is easy to watch. I'm 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 enjoying this. Obviously, I, they're winning, so it helps." But. Right. I enjoy college baseball a lot more than I enjoy major league baseball. Same. I really do. Like when when Kirkman was playing for the Rangers, and that's one of my best friends in the world. Man, I would go to the Rays games and get there at like the fourth or fifth inning because I, I it's yeah. hard for me to sit through nine innings of a major league game. It's just. <laughs> I mean, those guys are so good, and they make everything look so easy. But it's just—I don't know—it it, wasn't—it wasn't all that fun to watch multiple times in a in a week. I I totally agree. Side note, real quick, real real quick. Do you remember the time we went to uh, Trop with uh, when Mike pitched, or he played? You know, they were playing in uh, St. Pete against the Rays. I mean, yeah, I went. I went pretty much every time. But which? Well, there was one time where it was the only time I went. Mm-hmm. We with you, <laughs> and then after the game, you know, we got to go. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So Mike, when we Kurt, sat outside and <laughs> the uh, at the at the place, kind of down the road from their team hotel, right? Right. Yeah. And then, and, but then you know we all went out to eat, and I was like, oh, you know, Mike's he's a big leaguer, man. Like he's fixing to pick up everybody's tab. We're about to go to a steakhouse. <laughs> yeah, we went to Waffle House. I was like, okay, he's, he's gonna pick up everybody's check here at Waffle House. You know, this this All Star Special, I ain't gonna pay a penny for this. It's gonna this eleven dollars. I'm putting back in my pocket. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> No, Mike paid for him and his wife's. He didn't pay for his mom. He didn't pay for his dad. He didn't pay for anybody else. Mm-mm. And that's when I remember. That's when I realized, like, this guy's gonna have a lot of money one day because he's tight with it. He's conservative. He's smart with it. He's very smart. He's with smart it. with that. I'm not knocking the guy by any means. I love Mike, but I was blown. I was blown away by that. I was like, "What in the hell, Mike?" <laughs> like, no, every, there's ten people sitting here, and our total check was one hundred dollars. Yeah, but you know, hey, it, it, good times though. Oh man, that was good times for sure. Hey, um, so the, the people on Twitter, right? Right. They spoke to us. We're on baseball, college baseball. A couple little topics we need, to, we need to touch on. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about the kid that had the no-no. Well, I guess it, it was a group no-no, It was right? not a, it yeah, was a it was a three, three-man no-hitter. Okay. So a three-man no-hitter. There's one out in the ninth. Dude bunts the break up the no-hitter. You're a pitcher, mm-hmm. ex-pitcher. What is your take? What is your philosophy on this? Um, I'm curious because I truly don't know. It depends on the situation. So in that, situ- I just gave you the situation. I know. Well, I'm saying in that situation, I think it is no bueno to bunt for a base hit. Dude, you're in the minor leagues, okay? Your job is to get to the major leagues. You bunting for a hit in the ninth ain't gonna get it done. Yeah, numbers may look better, but I'm t- I promise you, those guys don't really care about numbers. They they see Swings, they see hard contact, like that's what they care about. And he was not doing it 
for the numbers. Absolutely not. He, he was, was doing solely it to doing break it up the no-no. To break up the no-no. That was three guys. No. I just, I'm not, me personally, in that scenario, no. Now, if I'm in college and it's the ninth and a guy bunts and it's a two-to-nothing game, I got no problem with it. Now, if it's six, seven, nothing, next guy's getting, he's getting popped. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> right. But if it's if it's the situation where you're still trying to win the game and you still have a chance, point. Yeah, and you still have a chance to win the game, I'm a, I'm okay with it then. I'm even okay with it, nah, maybe not so much in the bigs. But high school, college, I'm okay with it, actually. It's as crazy as that sounds. All right. So people want hot takes, and I don't really have a hot one. And, and <clears throat> here's, how, here's how I feel about this. <clears throat> if I'm on the team that's getting no hit, I don't give a damn about your freaking no-hitter. I'm putting this bitch down, and y'all are going to go home. You're not no-hitting my team. If that means like I, I'm not fast enough to bunt, so that would never have happened anyway. Right. I'm trying to hit it off your face, honestly. Right. Yeah, but, exactly. But if I was fast enough where I could bunt and get it down and, and break up the no-no, yeah, I'm going to break it up, and I don't give a shit. Field your position. <laughs> I, I don't care. Like, that's on you at that point. Right. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not I'm not against that. And, and maybe a little bit bush, but okay, we did a little bit of bush shit whenever uh, on all kind of different things. So uh, taking out taking out people and, and I, you know how it was. I mean, there's all kind of little things that are like bush and not bush that you can do that. Right. Uh, that happen, unwritten rules or yeah, whatever. That yeah. happened throughout the game, the course of a game that they don't, they don't get talked about because it's not a no-no. But if, and then flip side. So to go ahead and get hot on it, if I'm the damn catcher there, I'm not feeling the bunt. I'm running down your tail. And I'm fixing. I'm fixing. Fu- I'm fixing. To fuck you up. Honestly, I'm sorry. When I get to first base, we're not tagging you out. I'm knocking. This what it is, man. It's the minor leagues. Y'all find me a hundred bucks, but I'm fucking knocking your ass out. Excuse my language. If you got kids, we'll put it in the notes. I'll, I'll put it in the notes. Like, hey, this mark, this foul language, or whatnot. But no, I, that it, at that point, I'm at that point. If I'm the catcher, I'm I'm the team that's being no hit. You got it wrote down the time. Seventeen forty-two or so. It'll be. It'll. I'll make sure we take care of it because at this point <laughs> they've already listened to it. But yeah. no. So if I'm the catcher, that's my team. That you just broke up my team's no no. Now I'm competitive. I got my guys' interest. I don't care about your batting average or your bunt. You just broke up our damn no no on yeah. some on some bullshit. I don't like that either. So it just depends on whose team I'm on. I, Honestly, I, that's yeah. why I'm mad on it. I, I don't have strong enough feeling like. I know there are there are a couple people that are like this one hundred percent. They draw a line in the sand. It's it's black or white. For right. me, it's not. It's super gray area because if I'm the damn, you know what I'm saying. Like, right. I, I don't funny. give a shit. It's, it's funny because me and you are both pretty uh, argumentative, I guess, in mm-hmm. certain situations. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and we we really believe that whatever we're saying is correct. Yeah. And sometimes it is, and sometimes it's not. Like right. Lamar Jackson's a good quarterback. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. We're not going there. <laughs> I think I'm going to say it every show until Lamar Jackson's actually a good quarterback. Speak it into existence, right? So we'll see how Yeah, the defensive coordinator in the room, not me, John Woodley, is shaking his head no. We'll get to that. I'm going to ask you that about that in a minute, John. Just enjoy (laughs) yourself over there now. But for me, like this, I'm with you. This topic is not like super controversial to me. Like, I, 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 like maybe if I'm in that moment, maybe if I'm pitching in that moment, maybe my, my thought process changes. But as of now that I'm like right now, I'm not pitching in that moment. So I can't tell you for sure that I would even truly be pissed off in that situation. No. All right. So if you're a coach, right, let's say player is different, right? Coach has to be a little bit more level headed. Yeah. Right. So if I'm a coach in that instance on the offensive team, I'm not really upset that my guy bunted. I'm not giving the bunt. I'm not giving the bunt, but I'm also, I, but I don't really, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to chew him out when he comes back no. to the dugout. I'm like, Hey, 
Appreciate that. I mean, I honestly, yeah. I, but it, and then flip side, if I'm the defensive coach, the team that's in the field, I mean, I'm telling my pitcher, field your position. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't fall off to that side and you won't. He was relaxed he, as shit. He didn't think yeah, it was going to happen. And he the fell dude off pushed, the, he he fell pushed off to the third base side. He pushed the ball to the right side right. and then beat it out. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, Learn lesson. I guess maybe next time, field your damn position. Yeah, PFPs. Yeah, PFPs. We, all day long, every damn day of the week. Right. So, not, I, don't, I don't really have a huge uh, huge take on it one way or the other. I mean, I, my, my opinion would change depending on whose team I'm on. Yeah, same really. So, I, that's actually interesting that, that neither one of us have yeah. a strong opinion on it either way. Yeah, for sure. All right, so speaking of controversial baseball topics from the Twitter land, mm-hmm. uh, there was also another thing where the kid from Mississippi State, I believe his name is Ethan Small, he struck a kid out um, in the regional this past weekend and kind of mm-hmm. looked in their dugout and at the kid and, and apparently said, you know, go home or something. How do you then, feel about that? No, yeah, he did that. And then he motioned with his hand, like, come get some of this. Right. Okay, like so, if he just looked at him and said, "Sit your ass down," okay. I mean, I might take exception to it, but now you said, "Come get some." <clears throat> so again, I'm conflicted on this because if I'm on that kid's team, I don't know. I really don't know how I feel about it. Rumor can I, is, can I, can I throw it to you first? Yeah, go ahead. go ahead, because I gotta get my thoughts in order on this. Because I go ahead. So rumor is, and I don't obviously I wasn't there, and I um you know don't don't right. really have we don't have the con- the full context the full context yeah. So, but rumor is the kid, the, the the kid from Mississippi State tweeted out that whoever I don't even remember who they were playing right now, to be quite honest, but whoever it was mm-hmm. had been chirping from the dugout all game long and, and just kept chirping and chirping and chirping. And this kid's a high high round draft pick. He right. got drafted day one actually. Yeah. So he he's legit. He's he can pitch. Right. So I'm sure they were trying to get into his head a little bit. Well, he he obviously took exception to it, and then you know when he he got a big K, I think it was seventh or eighth inning. Got a big strikeout, and then you know he did his thing. I, I'm a fiery guy. I don't. What do you mean to say? I mean, I'm a pitcher. That's. I'm not going to say that I would have, you know, said come get some. But I, I again, I'm not in that moment. And when I'm in that moment, I do dumb stuff. That's just kind of what I do. So, all right. I don't so, hate it. I'm conflicted because again, if I'm on his team, I'm like, yeah, bitch, come get some of this. Like, don't don't run your mouth and don't definitely don't strike out. If you strike out, go sit your ass down. But the flip side is, if I'm on the other, if I'm on the team that just got Cade, like, bro, you can't, you can't show my guy up. Like, we're not, we can't allow that. Like, you, you're gonna, especially if you're gonna invite me to come get some. Like, yeah, I'm probably going to. Like, I, you can't. <laughs> he punked their whole dugout. Right. So I guess maybe they're the punks because they got punked, and they didn't really do much about it. I don't think. No, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. So. The only example I can go to is whenever we played Gainesville High School my junior year over there. Uh, they had Tyler Holt, Luke Smirziak, Mike Miranda, yeah, J.J. Van Winkle. A hell of a group. Right. They, those guys were really freaking good. Right. Really, really good. One went, Both went to play at Florida State. One went to play at Santa Fe. Uh, another one almost got drafted. And he had he could hit the shit out of the ball on BP, but he could not hit a, a live pitch. It was, but he got to go to college because he could hit BP. Right. Anyways, they were loaded. Um, and I played with them the summer prior. I played with all them guys. We played on the hardballers out of Gainesville with Roger Maris or Kevin Maris. I'm sorry, Roger Maris' son. I wish we played Roger Maris, but <laughs> Kevin Maris. Um, we played with him, and uh, I loved them as teammates. They were the same way. We talked shit. We showed people up. Uh, we did some real bush shit, but it didn't matter because there was nothing that you could do. We were gonna whoop your ass. We were better than you, right? And so 
they had the same like thought process mentality against Gainesville High School versus Columbia High School. And I remember Tyler Holt hits a home run. I can't remember who he hit it off of. I believe it was Tyler Nash. You know, remember the lefty? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk too much about him. But he wasn't a great pitcher. He he located okay. He was soft lefty, so he's yeah. tough to hit. Right. Good yeah, change not, up. Yeah, not for Tyler Holt. Um, so he he drills the ball into the softball field over there at Gainesville High School, and as he hits it, he jogs all the way down to first base with the bat straight up in the air, all the way to first base. Basically, hands the bat to his first base coach as he rounds it. And I remember when he came back to home plate because you got to come back by me. And I knew him. I knew him real well, and I liked him a lot. And we have a, we still have a great relationship now. I said, hey, uh, MFR, don't you ever do that shit again. He goes, don't pitch to me then. And I remember thinking, yeah, may- maybe not, but you still can't do that to my guys. We exchanged words, and like I said, we were friends. So if I was on his team at the time, <laughs> would have loved it. I'm, right. he- I'm here for it. We, I wasn't. And so now I'm like, Ugh can't do my guy like that like, right I, I don't care if you're right or not so that's kind of how i feel about the mississippi state guy like or uh, yeah yeah right if i'm his team i'm like hell yeah let, let's go strike strike all passes out and tell all of them to sit down but if i'm on the other team and do that like, you just can't do that so i don't have a strong opinion like for me it's not white or black it's gray area there it's not it's not cut and dry Again, I'm amazed that we have the same <laughs> well it's a similar it's a similar occurrence i mean like, it, i guess it is yeah but like you said, people in Twitter world, they're, they're like... Ready to bat for that. Yeah. Like a lot, wanna, of, a lot of fight you on Twitter. Almost all of our listeners, I, well, I was looking at some of what they said, were saying that. So, I mean, if y'all disagree with my and Joey's take, please. Like, we haven't talked in a while. We miss you guys. So I love the interaction. Let us know. Let, let me know what you think and, and why. I, not what you think, but why. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell Joe why he's wrong. Because, I mean, if, if that was your teammate, don't think you'd have an issue with it. Right. Agreed. That's how I feel. Yeah. All right. So, we got a little basketball. It's actually going on behind me live right now, right? Yeah. Yep. So, you got you guys are getting to watch? Uh, oh, yep. I'm, I'm almost knocking the mic down. Yeah, I'm getting to watch right now. Yeah. So, what we got right now? So, it's with two minutes to go in the first period in game, uh, game three. Toronto's winning by 10. Just got a turnover. Anyway, so we got it going on live right now. Joey, NBA Finals predictions. Has anything really changed for you? Um, I mean, we're watching. This looks pretty good right now for Toronto. Yeah, I mean, obviously the injury to, to Clay Thompson That's hurt big. the Warriors a little bit. Right. I, uh, I, Toronto Toronto may take one more than I thought. Yeah. They may get, get game three, but after game three, KD, I think KD come comes back game four. I think Clay comes back game four, game four and it's over. I was going to say, I did not think KD would be out this long. I mean, he's out. He's been out for a long time, man. Yeah, I mean, any soft tissue injury, yeah. I mean, you know, this is it's yeah. kind of a pain in the ass. So, <clears throat> yeah, but it's, it's the finals. I mean, I'm with you. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not saying he's soft by any means. I, I think he probably is, but <laughs> I, I figured he'd be back by now. Yeah. And then, but I think the the injuries, like Boogie's not himself. Like he's not comfortable playing as many minutes as he's being asked to be played right now, and so he's not giving as much production. He just doesn't have as much juice right now. As he normally would, and then KD not being—he's arguably one of the best. He's arguably the second best player, first best player. You can make a case for either one, right? Right now, he's not in the lineup, and then Clay Thompson isn't playing. I mean, that really lets you lock in on Steph and and make other guys beat you who who truly are not capable. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, that no, was, I, I get it. 
We talked earlier about maybe uh, Durant kind of not meshing with the offense mm-hmm. quite as well, and mm-hmm. maybe they're a little bit better without him on offense, but we might have over, over overstepped I that a little bit. I think we did, especially if you don't have Clay Thompson. Right. You know especially, what I mean? yeah, especially you know what I mean? when you don't have Clay. So now when you don't have Clay, like that really amplifies KD's absence. You know, so the, I think what makes the Warriors so deadly is when those three cats are on the floor, they all three can end your night injure season in the game like right. they will take over and so when you don't have two of the three you only have clay i mean uh steph he yeah he's really good nobody can deny that but it really allows you to lock in on just him and make guys like draymond and uh hell who else uh, iguodala and all right. them guys that they can do it for a game but they cannot do it for a series yeah like beat you and so i think I, I'm with you. I think Toronto probably picks up an additional game. Like, it may go, what, six now? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it probably, I'm still it, not, it's, still not it's, sold on that. I still don't know that Toronto no. wins this game. I think if they're going to win another game, it's this one. I don't think I don't think they're going to win another one outside of this one. I think it goes – I don't know, man. I, it, it got a hell of a lot more interesting now. It definitely did. I you know agree with that. The injuries evened it out because it wasn't very – No. It, it was lopsided as hell. Right. And Toronto has actually had somebody different step up each night and kind of play well. So yeah. far, and then tonight again, there. I mean, Kyle Lowry's playing out of his mind in the first quarter. It seems like I haven't been watching a lot, a lot, but from what I've said, every time I look up, the dude's hitting a jumper or making some free throws. So, right. I mean, he's probably got at least eight in the first quarter. So, I mean, again, another guy stepping up. So, the good news is for us in the dead of like, because we're football people, right? So it's no, there's no football. We're getting a pretty good final series now right. because of injuries. I feel like, but. It, but Regardless, still, we're getting good good basketball to watch. Well, so. the good part is we're, we're getting we're getting it in two different sports because the NHL playoffs or yeah. the Stanley Cup Finals, excuse me, are going on right now. Series tied two two with yeah. the Blues and the Bruins. So well, they beat the Blues beat their ass last night. Yeah, it's, score and physically, like on the ice. The one thing that stuck out to me, and I know you're going to ask me, so I I jumped the gun a little bit. Please okay. forgive me, but the one thing, the question that Joey was going to ask was what stuck out to you. And what stuck out to me was how physical the Blues were. Like, Boston was kind of done, but it didn't matter. Like, the Blues were like, yeah, not yet. You're right. going to take all this shit. Like, we're we're not done. You might be done, but we're not done. Yeah. So, I thought that was pretty impressive um, with as far as, like, the Blues are concerned. Hey, producer Brad showed up. Hey, Brad just walked through the door. Dude, that's a long-ass work day. That was a long work day. So, how, when did you actually get off? I'm saying 8.30, so I can pay myself 14 hours. Okay, 14-hour workday. Woo! Do you need a beer? I kind of do. As soon as we're done with this segment, I got you, cuz. Anyways, yeah, 2-2 series in the the finals, in the Stanley Cup finals. Good series. Blues, Bruins going back to Boston for Game 5. So it's the best 2 out of 3 right now. Yeah, I like Boston to win Game 5, of course. And honestly, I feel like that goes 7. I think think St. Louis wins Game 6. And then what happens in Game 7? Do you think it goes 7? I think it does go seven. I think it goes seven. I think it goes seven, mainly because I wanted to go seven. I don't know if yeah, I really same, think it or if same. I just wanted to. I need it. I need it. Because it's been pretty good, actually. Dude, game seven in any sport is unreal. But game seven in hockey is next level. So if you're not a true hockey fan, give that. If once you get that, give that a shot. I agree. You know what I mean? Yep. But I like, I like Boston in seven there. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think Boston in seven, yeah. but I, it wouldn't shock me at all to see the Blues, the Blues win it. The blah, blah, the Blues win it in seven either. I'll have another. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right, so we did have one other hot topic, especially on the Twitter from uh, last week. 
It was the uh, the whole head coach thing. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, people got upset that we didn't say Mike Tomlin was oh the my, goat. Oh my god! So uh, we we were told to do a top five of NFL head coaches to see if Mike Tomlin made our list. Right. So and, stay tuned. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find out right now. So we're just gonna go five to one real quick, and then I'll kind of touch, or you can one of us can touch on right. on why and whatever. My number five is uh, Sean McVay, who Anthony Newton said I should not have in my top five, but I don't really give a rat's ass. The guy can coach football better than anybody else uh, outside of the top four in the league right now. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll have to argue. I won't give my pick away, so I'll leave it alone. But for me, my, my number five is Doug Peterson. He's <laughs> I, I don't have to say anything about that. We'll, we'll discuss why he's five later. Uh, he's four for me, so that's, that's my four. Makes sense. Um, Sean Payton for me at four. Okay. The consistency is there. I mean, Saints year in and year out our team to contend with. Every year. Sean Payton is three for me. Okay. Uh, McVay. I know it may not have the um, length of uh, product or the duration, but come on, man. People are getting jobs. They get fired from Texas Tech because teams are looking for Sean McVay's. Well, Sean Period. McVay's coaching tree is is growing immensely. Because he's got three guys that are head coaches in the NFL now, in the NFL now, mm-hmm. from his staffs of two years. Unreal, huh? Guy had a quarterback coach from last year who's now an NFL head coach. He was in the Super Bowl last year, right? He was in the Super Bowl last oh, year. Oh, okay. Yeah, interesting. Uh, number two for me is Andy Reid. I think you know, obviously, playoff Andy Reid is a different animal than regular season Andy Reid, but regular season Andy Reid is a monster. So. Yeah, um, shocker, Andy Reid, number two for me as well. Yeah, and obviously there is no debate on number one. If you have a debate here, you're you fire yourself because uh, Bill Belichick is the GOAT. Likewise, Bill, and it's pretty damn easy. So why, Joey? I'll, I'm going to let you take it. Like, why Why is that your top five? Our top five is the same five, just mixed up a bit. But why, why are they your top five? So obviously four and five are the, the younger guys of the group. Right, uh, you know Peterson and McVeigh, but they both coached in Super Bowls already. Um, I, they developed. And Peterson guys. won one. Peterson won one with Nick Foles at quarterback. We all know how I feel about Nick Foles. Right. Period. Okay. Their he, defense was elite. Their defense was. But he was a good coach, man. Oh, their defense was elite. Come on. Defense was, was very good. But for somebody that throws the word elite around so much, to not call the Eagles <laughs> defense elite that year is unknown to me. I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyway, um, it, they probably were elite. To be okay, quite thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'll leave it alone. There. But the thing about the thing about Peterson is he's turned Carson Wentz into an MVP candidate who is not an MVP type player, and then he turned Nick Foles into the Super Bowl MVP. So, like, what more do you need to say about Doug Peterson right nope. now? Like, he's he's the a top five coach. Period. Yeah, the potential for him to be even better than that one day is very high to me. It's easy. It's, and the same with McVay. Like. McVay's memory and the and the way that he runs his offense like is insane. Like he he does so much for the Rams. Jared Goff again, not a good quarterback. He makes the, <laughs> I he, know where he, you're going with this. He makes him look very very good more often than not. Right. Um, no, I, I agree. I mean, and how many times does McVay? The reason they rush the line of scrimmage is to make the defense get set. That gives that gives uh, Goff time in his headset to hear. Because they get till, they get till fifteen seconds, right, in the play clock, right, and that's why they that's why they do that. So, so they make the defense get set. He still gets to hear his head coach change the damn play call in his headset. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, shit, we like this look. Let's run this. That's that's one hundred percent McVay. Golf isn't doing any of that. None of it. But but that's McVay. We're talking about coaches. So 
That's why right. he belongs in my top five as well. Agreed. And then what's, Peyton, the, what's the one thing about all these guys? You know, I, I'll answer my own question here, but the one thing about all these guys is they all do something positive for one side of the ball or the other. Bill Belichick, defensive guy. He sits in all the defensive meetings. He kind of game plans on defense. He's the D.C. Andy Reid, all the offense mm-hmm. all for his team. Sean Payton calls the plays on offense for his team, runs the, runs the game plan, he's, all that. He's essentially the O.C. Doug Peterson. Same. Yeah, Sean OC. McVay, same. OC. Uh, guys on my, you know, close on that list for me. Frank Wright, same. Bruce Arians, same. Anthony Lynn, defense, but same. Yeah. Like. So, we'll just, we'll just clear the elephant out of the room. Anthony Newton and Shane Edge think Mike Tomlin is the number one. Or they're probably, they would top say three. They said They all said top three. Top three. Wrong. No, there's no chance. No. There's he's, no chance. He's a 64% career win percentage. And he doesn't coach a damn side of the ball. Neither that's one. not his defense, man. That's Dick LeBeau's defense. Stop it. It's Stop. not his offense. Yeah, it's definitely not his offense. My God. Right. So, but then he's our, a, he's our a, coach in house. Right. At the time, he, what'd you say? A head coach's job is to do what, John? Hire good staff and keep your house clean. Keep your house clean. Keep hey. your house clean. Run it back. Run it back one more time. Keep your house clean. Has Tomlin done that over the last four years? Not a damn chance. It's easy to do that when everybody's young and impressionable. Right. Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Ben Roethlisberger, they're all young and impressionable. Then they get a little bit older, and now you're managing personalities that aren't quite... How come How come Bill can do it? Oh, because he's an elite coach. Listen, I think Mike Tomlin <laughs> is a good coach. You and me, we're arguing ourselves right now. Right. Like, whatever. Like, I do. I, I agree with you. I think he is a good coach. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a serviceable coach. I think he deserves a job in the NFL. I think he deserves a job with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But to say he's a top three coach in the NFL is asinine to me. That's so no. off base. That's so ridiculous. And, and your brother is the main one to say, we only give a damn about championships. But how many have you damn won, dude? One. One? Yeah. And, and that's good. Hat, hat to you. Like, one, but all that talent you had? I mean, you had a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Fame running back, and a Hall of Fame receiver. The offensive line is two, really yeah, good, Yeah, probably too. two Hall of Fame offensive line. And Pittsburgh's been known for the defense. Now, the back end has been kind of shaky, but the damn front seven. For, for years has Ooh. been solid. Ooh, still curtain. I just don't – I don't know. I, I'm with you. I don't think Tomlin is, is top three. I do have him, you know, in the in the mix with Wright and Arians and Lynn. And I mean, he's, he's – I think the, Matt, I'd say top ten. Yeah, Matt Nagy's in there. Pete Carroll's in there. Yeah, he's top and ten. Tomlin's in there as well. So yeah, he's top ten. I'll give him top ten. Top 11. I'll give him top 11. Okay, you give him top 11. But you know what? If them if them boys, your brother and Anthony Newton, they, want, they have such a strong opinion, you know what they can do? What can they do? Get a podcast. <laughs> get a podcast. Get a podcast. Get a podcast. It won't sound as good as this one, but Never. get one. But get one. That's get fine. One. Yeah. All right. So, um, thankfully, we have a podcast, and having a podcast allows us to have special guests, right? So tonight, guys, uh, without further ado, we have the John Woodley, uh, somebody we we all look up to, we all go to for advice about life, football, um, any anything. Business. Taxes, anything we go to for the John Woodley, man. Um, it's a super, super honor and a pleasure for all of us to be able to get this guy on. Um, I think you guys are going to enjoy this. I think you're really going to enjoy this. Um, John, I'm just going to crack it off real quick. What about your recruiting process sticks out to you 
Like when you were, I know you were in high school, you played at a couple of different high schools as far as like Union County and Fort Wide, Columbia County area. Um, the recruiting process for you, what was what was that like for you? It was, it was definitely different than it is today. Um, when I went to high school, it, we didn't have huddle. Uh, we didn't even have DVDs yet. So um, back in the Stone Age. <laughs> right. So um, what we would do is we would get game film from our coaches so on VHS tapes, and we would record the whole game. And we would uh, we would send it in, and then at the end of the year, you know, if we had friends in the AV, the audiovisual lab, the AV lab guys and girls, uh, you know, we could get with them, and we take those tapes and we put them all in, and then we would start to, to splice them and try to make a highlight tape. Um, not that there's a whole lot of highlight tapes for linemen. Um, <laughs> Whatever. But uh, you know, it, it was it was definitely different. You're you're sending VHS tapes in the mail; they can get cracked, damaged, dropped. Um, uh, heat damage, like you know, you never knew what the end product was going to be. So it was definitely different. You didn't have Twitter, you didn't have Facebook. Uh, you really had to rely on word of mouth from coaches talking to, to college coaches and recruiters, and then hitting the camp trail. Uh, the biggest thing was the camp trail. Like if you didn't do the camps, uh, you, you just you weren't going to get noticed. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's that's the story for all of us. Like now, it's it's so much. The, these athletes are so much more accessible as far as what, what they're allowed to get out and, and project and, and really like sell themselves. When we all played, we had to rely on somebody else to, right. to you know, to, to splice our videos or to make sure our shit got where it was going. And then once it got there, it was a damn 5% chance that anyone was gonna actually watch it. So it was a different, it was a different business back then. But I mean, you ended up at Florida State University, right? Yeah, I went on academics uh, to Florida State, tried to walk on. Uh, didn't really pan out for me, but I did try. I had some smaller school offers. Uh, what really hurt my recruitment was my junior year of high school. I decided I was going to wrestle, mm -hmm. and uh, I hadn't wrestled since I was in probably sixth or seventh grade. Um, you know, I was really strong, pretty quick for my size, and uh, you know, I decided I was going to wrestle because you know it looked like a lot of fun. I'm a physical guy. Anybody that knows me will tell you that I'm, I'm slightly physical. Shocker! Uh, so, <laughs> Shocker! Um, I decided I'm going to wrestle, and then I ended up. Uh, tearing my labrum, bicep tendon, um, really hurting, getting hurt, and had to have surgery my junior year after season, obviously. Right. And so going into my senior year, I couldn't touch weights until September. I wasn't supposed to put on a football pads until September. And so I went the entire spring, uh, February to, uh, to June, without touching pads, without touching weights. Went on the camp trail and um, really showed out. Uh, Down and Dirty was probably my turning point because I went from – Having uh, colleges interested in me as my as a junior to no interest at all. You're hurt, okay? That's a major injury for a lineman, and you know they're kind of put you on the back burner. And I go to down and dirty and just start mauling people. Right. So uh, it it really was a turning point for me. I ended up uh, at the time like rivals was kind of a small thing back then, wasn't nearly as big. But, right. Uh, ended up uh, breaking into the uh, top twenty offensive lineman at rivals camp, which. I was really a defensive lineman, but you know, <laughs> I uh, when I got to Fort White, I got changed over to offense. And I played guard, center, tackle. It didn't really matter, just depending on who was pulling. Whoever was pulling is where I played. Right. Uh, and so uh, down and dirty, get down there, show out, start getting some looks, start getting some minor offers, then minor offers turn into major offers. You know how that goes. Right. And uh, really started making some buzz, and then I feel like I had a pretty good senior year, despite our uh, our win loss record as a team. I think we were three and seven. It was horrible, mm. uh, but really had some had, had a had a really good senior season and started getting more and more looks. And uh, the one I wanted was Florida State, it's where I wanted to go to school. So I decided instead of taking the scholarship offers I had, that I was going to pave my own way. 
uh, didn't pan out, but no one can ever say I didn't chase my dream. Right. No, absolutely. So, obviously, you know how we feel as far as, like, our affinity, me, you, and Bradford, <laughs> Joey excluded, our okay. affinity towards Florida State. Like, what was some of, like, you know, I mean, outside of football, what was some of your time, like, in Tallahassee, um, like, at Florida State University? Oh, man. Um, how much can I say on air? Right. All of it. <laughs> All of it. So, we, 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 we lost our PG rating earlier when I said drop the F-bomb. Well, I'll say this. Uh, going into my senior year, I was about 295, 300. Ran a 4.940 um, on, on time at Nike. Uh, right. So, I really, uh, you know, I, I had some pretty good measurables. Uh, you know, my bench was good. My squat was good. Uh, power clean was good. Uh, above average, definitely, could, you know, was in the, in the top tier there. And so I get up there. Uh, I feel like I'm a good physical specimen. Uh, I show up in the fall. Obviously, you're not walking on the fall. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my freshman year, you know, I'm taking my full load of freshman classes. I'm adjusting from small town life to <laughs> Tallahassee life, which Tallahassee yes, is like really, Woo. it is the biggest small town you ever go to. Woo. It's definitely it a is. small town feel to me anyway. Oh, man. And, Woo, uh, you know, first couple weeks, I was a student. You know, went to class, <laughs> did everything I was supposed to do. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I, I met a couple of friends and uh, started hanging out more, going to parties. And uh, by the time I got to where it was the <laughs> point where you could try to walk on, I was about 265. Um, and uh, that was merely because I quit working out and uh, I wasn't eating like I, I did when I was in school. You know, I kind of just ate whatever, you know, junk food. Uh, might have drank a little bit. Sorry, mom. Um, so I ended up losing you know, quite a bit of mass and quite a bit of strength. So yeah. obviously that's not the ideal situation when you go into that little tryout session and, and you start trying to work out with guys during the summer. And fortunately for me, I had some friends from Lake Butler that were on Florida State's team. So I was able to work out with those guys and try to get back with the program. But when you lose you know, 30 pounds and you're trying to play line, um, not really a good scenario for you. Yeah, not ideal. Yeah, not ideal at all. Um, so when the football didn't pan out for me, I, I you know kept hanging out with my friends, and I found out that there's you know a million apartment complexes in Tallahassee, and there's a party at every single one of them. Every <laughs> single night. So every night. Right. Monday through Sunday. Uh, yes, Lord. And and Saturdays and Sundays were usually the best because there was one in the daytime at every single uh, complex and one in the evening. So uh, I oh, really made really made the circuit. I had I had little you know most of them you either had to pick up a phone and you would call whatever apartment you were trying to go to and they would buzz you in, uh, or you could have a, a push pin code like at my apartment complex. I was at Campus Lodge, which um, was really a, a party <laughs> party um, facility. So if yeah. my mother knew that when I went, she probably would not let me stay there. I didn't know that when I started. Um, and I lived on top of the hill, building 13, 14, and 15 were like the uh, the black eye of campus lodge. Yeah, you don't want to be on top of the hill. You, you couldn't see the top of the hill. It was a little darker. The lights weren't as good down there. It was away from the pool, and it was kind of neglected. And the back parking lot in between those three buildings, um, it was it really turned into a free for all seven nights a week. So did you? Um, <clears throat> don't mean to cut you off. Did you earn a uh, nickname there? Yes, I did. So uh, a lot of my Enlighten friends. They, they nicknamed me Chug. So uh, why? Why, yeah, why? Why is that? Why would they nickname you Chug? Brad, so, we, we've seen this. Oh, <laughs> people know Brad's here, right? Early on yeah, in my, yeah, my, we, my we freshman year, uh, we were hanging out 
Um, at my, it's actually at my apartment. We had a, we were on the second floor in building 13. We had, there's four rooms or four apartments, whatever, four rooms per apartment and then four apartments per floor. And so all four apartments decided we're going to you know, host a, a building party. And uh, we're just bouncing back and forth between rooms, and they were doing keg stands and trying to chug beers and whatnot. We had a chugging contest. <laughs> Chug contest. And so, okay. Um, I, I decided I was going to join, and no one could beat me. And <laughs> um, it, I, I may have missed one or two, but I think the only one that ever has is James Crenshaw. Oh. That was only once. And I owner not, of fish heads, in case you don't know. Yeah. I do not feel bad fish about tails. losing to fish uh, tails. No, it's fish heads. Fuck that. Oops, no, that's okay. <laughs> I, I, I blew that ten minutes. I blew that ten minutes in. It's always going to be fish heads. So, um, uh, but but James, well, we actually went to school together, so we've been friends for a long time. But he he did beat me in a, uh, a chug contest yeah. many years later after I was out of condition to uh, to do that type of drinking. But but yeah, I, I did earn it. And uh, my mother actually found that out one Saturday morning about seven a.m. when she came looking for me, and I was not in my room. And um, she started asking around, you know, has anybody seen John Woodley describe me? And one of the girls that I knew there was like, huh? Like, you mean Chug? She goes, no, his name's John. She goes, I know, but does he drive a white 4Runner? And she's, my mom's like, yeah. She goes, oh, that's Chug. Oh, he's in our room. So uh, <laughs> my nickname was Chug by asking around trying to figure out why I wasn't in my apartment. Because we all left our apartments unlocked. Because a chick. Calls you Chuck. Right. So huh. it wasn't He's uncommon. An um, it wasn't <laughs> uncommon for my mom to show up. I'm sorry, I mean, we're an hour and a half away, depending on how fast you drive. And so it wasn't uncommon for her to come up on a Saturday and she just walk on in. Again, we left the doors open. So she right. just bust on in the apartment. And it was never like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the morning. That's a dangerous it was game. It like 7 a.m. on Saturday. That's a dangerous game, John. We're not going to talk about those stories. Yeah, we don't have to talk about them. That's but, a dangerous game. But yeah, it was so. That's how my mother found out my name was Chug. And I like that. John still, Chug Woodley. She's still not proud of it. I'm uh, proud of it. I am too. And I have to tell you, you know, there, there's been a lot of a uh, lot of NFL quarterbacks chugging lately, and uh, a couple offensive linemen, I they believe. And uh, the I swear to God, I, the first time I saw it, I'm at work. We have it on our on our uh, our TV at work. And I'm looking up, and it's Aaron Rodgers and one of the offensive linemen for the Packers. And I look, and I'm like, I hit my buddy John Sherman. I'm like, John. I got Woodley against any of these guys. Without question. Without question. I'll co-sign that all damn day. And then I said, not just these guys, anyone on planet Earth. I got Woodley. <laughs> Period. I'm putting, my, I'm putting my cash on Woodley. Hey, real quick on that. Did you see what Aaron Rodgers said today? Um, they asked him about Matt Stafford chugging the beer faster than him. Oh, yeah, I did. I did see that. Hey, what did he say? <laughs> well, it's good that they can finally be better at something than me. <laughs> or something crazy. I was like, let's go. I'm with it. That's a I, troll. Yeah, big time. Big fan. So, uh, Woodley, let's get, back to the, let's get back to the topic at hand, I guess. Um, what, uh, I guess, what got you into want, wanting to, to coach? And you know, obviously, you've coached football. So, what got you into wanting to coach football? Uh, probably the biggest reason. Uh, my grandfather was a coach. Uh, he coached Little League uh, for, uh, I, I couldn't even tell you how long. And, uh I, I used to talk with him about football. Uh, growing up on Saturdays, I spent a lot of time in my grandparents' house, and um, you know, mainly because we got away with anything and we could eat whatever we wanted. Of course, uh, yeah. You know, me being a smaller guy, that eating anything <laughs> we wanted uh, was fun. So, uh, Granny never let us go hungry. And uh, but on Saturdays, especially, you know, my granddad would sit in his chair, 
and he would literally watch any and every football game that would go on. And you know, as I started to learn more about the game and started to learn what he was looking at, you know, it went from like this, you know, cheering for a team to score to really understanding what was going on in the game. And uh, we started having conversations about it, and uh, I realized my granddad really knew what he was talking about. And this was before I even knew he coached. I mean, I'm talking about I was like seven, eight years old. I was a little kid. Yeah. And uh, or young. I've never really been little. But um, <laughs> so I would ask him questions, and he would start talking about it. And you know, we started talking about his coaching days and everything. And uh, uh, one day at his office, like he shared me with his playbook. We found his playbook from uh, from back in, in the day when he coached, which I believe he quit coaching in the, the late '70s, early '80s. I, that's I don't know that to be a fact. I just know that it's around then. And uh, he ran the uh, split back veer, and I was like mesmerized by it because he's like, well. If you look at what the defense would line up, you know, you have a couple possibilities. You can be gaps down here, and you got to have really good linebackers. You can do so many different things, and uh, it really doesn't matter what you do because the way the veer works is it's all about misdirection, and it's all about speed and gap control. And uh, you give a running back a seam, and you get it. And so I started learning about offenses and defenses and asking questions. And so he's really probably the uh, definitely the biggest influence in my life as a coach, but definitely got me understanding football from a perspective that I never understood other than, you know, go team go. And uh, so when I got of age, you know, I decided I want to start coaching and uh, him being my biggest influence and second influence, you know, when I was in high school, recruiting was not what it is today. And, you know, I know what it felt like to not get recruited by the school you wanted to go to. And I know what it felt like to, you know, be good enough and just not get noticed. And so right. you know, I don't ever want to see that happen again. So I want to do whatever I can to help these guys and, and get them to the next level. And so about how old were you when this when this happened? Sorry to interrupt. Uh, with my granddad? No, no, no. Like when you decided oh, that this is what you wanted to do because of all that? I was that. 18. Okay. Right, right after I left Florida State. Gotcha. Okay. That was my next move. So uh, actually I was 19, excuse me. So um, I started working for someone that was a coach and, uh, you know, I've talked to him about coaching all the time. I, I'd help him a little bit with some of their scouting. Um, you know, that's probably been one of my, my bigger assets is, you know, the, the analysis. Again, going back to conversations with my granddad, um, you know, he taught me how to look at the game a different way. And so I felt like that was like one of my strong points was scouting. And so I started helping with, uh, he was coaching at Columbia High at the time. And I started helping him uh, with, with like look at film and what I saw and started breaking down film and and uh, and 2004, um, you know, Danny Green was the coach at Columbia High School and he said, you know, if you want to coach, go talk to him. You know, I'll set it up and go interview him. You know, if he's got a spot for you, he's got a spot for you. If not, you know, learn what the inter interview process is like. And so I uh, I did that and Danny and I sat down. We talked for about an hour. Uh, he gave me a shot. He said, you know, you come coach my offensive defensive line. You know. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. And that's kind of like all she wrote. Um, it's been a, a 15, 16 year journey since then. Where all have you been as far as coaching? I was going to say, like, talk us through your journey. Like, so I started at Columbia High. Um, so at 04, 03, 04, it's kind of off scene, off the scene. You're helping with scout report stuff. So I wasn't technically a coach. Wasn't on staff, and then in two. P.S. Those were some good teams, by the way. They were. Yeah. So the year after the Lake Gibson game, so I'm not even going into it. Yeah. The year after the Lake Gibson game, I got my official like roster spot as a coach. Became a, a the JV offensive line and defensive line coach. Um, so and I worked with uh, with Danny Green up there for for uh, three years, three seasons anyway. And uh, when when Danny left, um, and the, the new coach was hired, you know they let go of some of those staff, and I get it. You know you bring in. Uh, 
you know, when you get the job and you're the guy, you want to bring in the guys that you want, and you bring in the guys that you know and trust, and of course. hire your own staff. So, yeah, of course. Um, I was a casualty of that, and I, I went up to Hamilton County and, and coached with them uh, for for the spring, and it wasn't a really good fit for me. You know, I've, I've got nothing but love for Coach Pittman. Um, he's definitely a character. Taught me a lot about football. Um, I worked with him in the weightlifting season. It's a strange and, cat, uh, bro. I'll be honest. That's a strange cat, man. He may know a lot about ball and may have been influential, but yeah, he's, you know some of the stories I know about that guy. I, I do know some. So and, later, uh, but um, that's a, that's an off, off yeah off air for fun. <laughs> And then uh, Coach Snyder, who, who was my high school coach, Ken Snyder was my, my coach in high school when I came over to Fort White, uh, got got talked into coaching at LCMS and you know, said, hey, you should come coach with me. So I go coach with Ken, uh, coaching defense line at the time. Ken coached us during the spring and then uh, immediately got hired by Fort White to, to be the defensive coordinator and uh, kind of stuck me with the coordinator job at LCMS. So it was really my first job where I had like responsibility. I mean, I helped with the coordinating when I was in the JV you know, came up with like adjustments and game plans. So that's kind of, that's, that's, that's your job description as a coach. Right. Uh, so this is my first time actually being a coordinator. So I had to come for the defense, had to come up with a strategy, had to hire coaches, um, and uh, kind of got lucky and hired one that might be sitting in front of me. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I, I, I convinced Chris to, to come be my linebacker coach. And, uh, you know, we sat down and came up with the defense together. And, and uh, we, we did really well. I mean, we, uh, yeah. You know, I think we kind of get undercredited of what we did with those guys because we taught them football. We didn't have a great first year, and the second year we kind of fell short of the goal. But one thing about it is whether you know wins or losses don't necessarily translate into football knowledge from players. Our defensive guys knew what the hell they were doing when they left us, and they were ball players. Yeah. And so I felt like we did a good job with that that crop. And they when they got in high school, they did pretty damn good too. I was going to even go a step further. I think like five of the eleven on defense ended up playing college football. Yeah, and, and some of the in ones middle that, school. Yeah, yeah, I mean, some on. of the ones that didn't wasn't wasn't a talent issue. It was you know college coaches being hung up on measurables, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not wanting to recruit the guy that's too short to play the position, right? You know, you know, again, you know how I feel. I, I recruit football players. I want to play. I want to. I want to be the, you know have a football yeah. player. I don't care about five stars. Thank you. Talk to me. So, uh, and then from there. Uh, we were at LCMS for what I think it was two seasons, two full seasons. Two, yeah. And um, we went to Fort White. The uh, you know we there was a change of direction there, so we ended up leaving LCMS. Got got hired on at Fort White. Um, did most of the scouting down there. Didn't really have a position to coach, so I, I kind of broke down film and, and uh, did the analysis. Chris was a linebacker coach, and uh, man, those are those are some stories from those days. I mean, good we had job. we had a pretty good routine. Uh, Damn it, man! But uh, you know we would. Uh, we, <laughs> So can I tell the routine? Please. So our, our, our Monday through Friday routine. Uh, this is why I am on, who I am. Not on game week. So on, obviously on game day, the Friday routine was a little bit different. But uh, Chris would meet me in the house and we would leave straight from work. And uh, we'd load up immediately. s on 47 by 75. Icy time. So we get a big icy. Uh, we, <laughs> <laughs> this it, is no bullshit. It definitely didn't help with, with weight or anything no, like that. No, freak man. So we would drink the icy on the way to practice. Show up to practice, park right there by the practice field, and we'd sit there until the players came out. Get out the truck, finish the icy. Uh, we we go handle business for um, two and a half, three hours, or whatever the FHSA allowed us to do, so like four. Um, so we would uh, we would do the practice thing, and then on the way home, uh, we would uh, head down to one of the, uh, the local gas stations, pick up some, uh, some beverages, and there's a road in Fort White that pretty much runs all the way to Columbia City. 
and it, it's Old Briar Road. I told Chris, yes, sir. Roads. Woo! I think we've hit every dirt road in three counties together. Every damn one of them. So uh, we would leave practice, hit the dirt road, we'd have some beverages, listen to some music, um, definitely do anything bad. Um, always <laughs> responsible. And uh, of course. It would take us, so Fort White, I think, is like 28, 27, 28 <laughs> miles from my house. Hour and a half drive. Every, day. <laughs> so, Every damn day. Hour and a half drive home. That's when I learned how to drink. So I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I learned how to as drink. a passenger, though, of course. Passenger, yes. And, and yeah, anyways, keep going. So, yeah, I don't know who the driver was. but they. Yeah, yeah, I don't job. know who the driver was either. They, but they got us home. We got home every time. So, uh, those were some good times. Just listening to music, hanging out. Um, Honestly, though, on some of that, some of that, John. And I, listen, and I, I'm going to fast forward a bit, and I don't mean to fast forward, but like, we've coached together at Fort White, and then we coached together at Columbia High School. Some of the best times, and then we have some mutual friends that have been together for both rides. Right. Jesse, our mutual friend, some of his best memories of his life, as well as mine, are coaching ball at Fort White, hanging out in the damn shitty ass equipment room in between like at halftime pre-game right. like and then Pensacola Catholic when we were out there oh, in the God. playoffs like when I snapped your shoulder out of place and you wouldn't tap out didn't tap no I, his shoulder snapped I had him in an arm bar I don't know what a fucking arm bar is I, I, <laughs> but I had it in, I had John in one and I and I heard his arm snap and I stopped and I said okay yeah that was too far but he <laughs> but he, he didn't stop was, we were wrestling anyways like some of like most fond memories um like from those times, it, it's just it's just crazy the the journey that that coaching takes you on. And I know we don't necessarily want to get into Columbia High School where you are now, but I think it's um for me, I think it's extremely commendable and amazing. Your journey is like like you mentioned, you had to do scouting, had to do uh, this BS jobs. He he was he was humble when he said he had to be the scouting guy, analytic guy. He's being humble. No no no. The entire game plan got put in his lap, and so he again he's being humble, so I'll say it. But people were asking him to do things that they weren't willing to do themselves, and he did it, and he did it at an extremely high level. And so, you know, I, I think well, I don't think I know that's one hundred percent why he is where he is right now, as far as in the position at Columbia High School, being a defensive coordinator. I don't give a shit what what title is actually he holds, but I know who the hell's calling the plays. So. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know that for sure, but I, I can look at it and see. I, I, I know I feel confident in who's calling the damn plays, and so I, uh, I think, I think you owe it yourself and 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 everyone here. I'll do it for you, but a huge accomplishment to be where you are right now, and I think it's just an a, a, a testament to if you work hard and you keep your nose down and you keep grinding and working, it, it doesn't always work out in your favor at that time. But eventually, if you keep your head down long enough, grinding towards the goal that you're looking for, you'll get there. I mean, and John, I think John's a perfect example of that. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And I, I've, I've known most of this stuff. I don't know John quite as well as, as you do or, or Brad does. But I've known John for, for a long enough time now to know that he works his ass off day in and day out. And I know every Tiger game I went to this past year, I look up, had his ass, and you know, sometimes he was saying nice words and sometimes he wasn't. <laughs> sometimes I look up and I'm like, nope, not right now. I'll ask in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, for those guys that, that uh, sat below the booth, like the, the top three, four rows under the booth, I sincerely apologize. My mother did not raise me to use those. They, they know you well. 
Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, we we like, our little group that sat right there we grew first, together. Yeah, like we we know <laughs> we're not we're not dumb. We know that's why we sat there. Really, that's one of the main reasons we sit there. There, there right. have been occasions where someone has poked their head into the uh, the booth and like we can hear you. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell them to jump in the hole. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, listen, it, I remember whenever when I was coaching ball and whatnot, John gave me my job. Like as a, as he mentioned as a linebacker coach, but I remember whenever I was coaching at Columbia High School, I was thinking I was thinking to myself like I've got to get not that the the coaches that were there weren't capable or weren't good enough, but I was like I have to got to get somebody that's as good as me and that's as committed as me in here to help me out. This is just too much for one person to do, and the only person that came to my mind was damn John Woodley, and so. I was like, hey, look, we got we got to bring this guy on. It's not really a – I'm asking, but we this needs to happen. And now, of course, it happened. And then within a week, he had already proved himself and earned it, carried his weight. And then now he's the freaking defensive coordinator. So, I mean, I, I think it's – I think that, 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 that speaks for itself. Like, that speaks volumes that, look, man, the dude damn worked his ass off to be where he wants to be, and now he's there. So. Right. I, I think we're lucky to be able to interview. I agree, and I, I like I, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm, it's a joy to watch on a daily basis. Without question. <laughs> All right. So, what do you uh, ultimately in coaching? Where, how far do you want to go with this? Is this is like DCHS? Is that like kind of, you know, I'm content here. I got my family because I know you got you know wife, children. Um, is that something that that you're you're good with, or do you want to go be a head coach? Do you want to go coach in college? Hell, do you want to be the next Bill Belichick? What do you want to do? I mean, uh, when I initially started, I definitely wanted to uh, to be in the college ranks. Didn't really care as much about NFL. Um, I felt like uh, you know high school is kind of the hardest. I mean, you know, I get little league's a headache, but high school is probably the hardest form of coaching because. Constant critics, constant high expectations. You either meet them or you don't, and you leave. Um, and then college, you get to kind of where you have great athletes. You're you're usually in a good situation. You recruit the guys you want. So I, yeah, I was just about to say out, that. Yeah, that's your that's on you. So you're really in charge of your own destiny when you get to college. And high school, you kind of get what you have available to you. Uh, so working with the local guys definitely is kind of like a, it's a blessing. Um, you get a chance to pay it forward and really work with those. For sure. You get a, a relationship you haven't for four years, guaranteed, uh, you know, unless, you know, families move or whatever. But you haven't for four years mostly. And so you get a chance to develop, you know, lasting relationships with those guys. And, you know, I, I still taught the kids that were on the first team I ever coached at Columbia High School way back when. And, uh, you know, those guys, we, we still, <laughs> you know, hang out. Like we, last time we saw each other on a football field. And so there, it's rewarding in that aspect. But I've always wanted to be a college coach. Never had aspirations to go to the NFL. Um, never, not necessarily want to be a head coach. Um, you know, I feel like that's one of those things. You know, going back to, you know, you're responsible for the players. You're responsible for the program. Hiring the right staff. Uh, keeping a clean house. It's it's a lot of management. And I feel like I'm better with, you know, the the analysis side and you know play calling. I think that. Uh, you know, being a head coach is a tremendous responsibility. I don't know that I ever want that. You know, ask me in 10 years. Right. But Fair enough. Uh, at, at this point, I think, um, you know, being a coordinator, you know, kind of is, is where I want to be. Definitely could see myself in the college, uh, you know, level at one day. But, you know, I've got three kids. Damn, I'm only got a high school freshman next year. Uh, and so, um, <laughs> you know, I've got three kids to think about. Uh, I've got a business here in town that, you know, 
you know, we're doing well and, you know, I have no plans to shut it down. You know, if the right situation came by, of course, you know, you know we, we may look at that. But, um, you know, if, some, if I were in a different place and I didn't have the business or as a full-time teacher, uh, you know, then I could definitely see myself moving through the ranks. But, I, right. you know, maybe one day. You know, I'm, I'm still relatively young. I'm 35. Don't start doing math yeah. about the college. You're an old motherfucker, man, bro. So, um, shut that shit down. You're old so, as hell. But I still have plenty of time. So, I mean, who knows one day. I yeah, mean, I feel you. I feel you. I got the one last question for you. And uh, I don't know if anyone else has any. But for me, my, my last question for you is, and this is, might be tough because I haven't prepared you for this one. Your most fond memory as a coach at any level, anywhere, what would you say your most fond memory was? Because that's tough for us coaches to pick one. And I understand Very tough. That, but I agree. Your most fond memory, what is? what would it be? Oh, man. That's that's rough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know it was. You know, my, my grandfather used to tell me that your uh, your best memory hasn't happened yet. And, uh, Ooh, that's I brilliant. That. I like that. But... Um, you know, I, I've, I've coached a lot of great kids, and I've got a lot of great relationships with, with the young men that I've, I've been able to coach over the years. Um, but I would have to say, uh, if I had to pick one, so I think it's kind of because it, it's twofold. One, it kind of really, uh, it really touches on the football aspect, but it also touches on the side that people don't see when it comes to coaching. I mean, you've coached, you, yep. you coach. Right. Um, there's a relationship you build with the players that you work with and uh it's not like any other relationship like it's not like a, a co-worker relationship it's not like a friend from high school relationship it's completely different if you've never done it you're not going to understand it so i'm talk not to the to people man it. no talk to them but please no you're right when, talk to them you know i had some personal things going on last year and had a game to coach and so you know my son uh, was he, he wasn't feeling well we kind of thought it was just something you know normal uh, you know, cold, sickness, you know, whatever. Had some joint pain, and through the night it progressed. It got worse and worse and worse. So early that early one morning, it was on a game day. It was, uh, last year when I was coaching, uh, you know, I was coaching the varsity and the JV. Uh, I was the head coach on the JV, and we were, we were getting ready to play Madison County. And my wife, Katie, she, her and I were talking, and, uh, you know, she was telling me what he was saying. So I went and looked at him, and, you know, it didn't really hit me until uh, I looked at his eyes. They were yellow and it was jaundiced and anybody that knows anything about healthcare knows that you know when you're jaundiced that's not a good situation so immediately recognized that we need to go somewhere and do something about this so we drove down to shans and uh, after about eight or nine hours of sitting in the er and talking to multiple specialists having different tests run uh it turns out he had some type of virus but you know they were concerned again you know the jaundice and the joint there was some kind of a mm -hmm. virus going around to call it joint inflammation uh long story short you know they were trying to decide what they were going to do. Um, you can't cure a virus with medication, really. And But there's a surgery they could do to alleviate the pain by taking the fluid out of his joints that's caused by the virus. So uh, they were talking about either doing surgery or you know letting us go home and seeing how it, how it worked and whatnot. Um, after about eight or nine hours, they decided they were going to let us go home because we caught it early enough that they were able to get fluids into him, which would help relieve the swelling and kind of circulate things through his system so his body could process it naturally. And so we ended up going home, and this was like 5.30. A.M.? No, P.M. P.M., okay. So 5.30 P.M., and I'm in Gainesville. Um, for the highway patrolman out there that may or may not be listening, I did not make it from Gainesville to uh, Madison in 42 minutes. But um, <laughs> Oh, my God. Once, once we got discharged, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm on the way to the game. 
Well, the, the whole day I had been communicating with other coaches uh, on staff and letting them know what was going on. Uh, at this point, I wasn't going to the game. Missed pregame meal, missed bus load up, missed equipment handout. Um, you know, I told them wasn't going to the game, talked to the other defensive coaches, told me you guys are going to have to call it, but you know the game plan we've worked on all week. It's not going to change. Um, and I pull in, kickoff's at 7, and I pull in. There's a point in the game where you get done stretching and you do all your rah-rah stuff and the kids get all pumped up and the referees call for captains. And at that point, you know, our, our team, you know, they usually get together in the end zone and they have some type of, you know, get-up chant, whatever you want to call it. And um, when I pull in, they're on the end zone, captains are on the field, coach on the sideline. All the coaches were on the sideline and all the kids are in the end zone, but they're not like getting hyped. They're not pumped up. Uh, they're taking a knee and they're saying a prayer for my son. And uh, I walk up to the football field, and when I say walk up, it's as fast as I can run, which is essentially a walk for normal people. <laughs> but I'm sprinting. Um, and again, I, when we went to the hospital, I was anticipating getting to come home and change. So I've got my Columbia polo on because it's already in the truck, but I'm wearing jeans and cowboy boots. And so I literally sprint all the way across. I get up to the gate, I'm like, hey, I'm a coach, I gotta get on the field. They let me through, no problem. I run out and I get halfway through the end zone and my guys are all standing there in the end zone praying. I have no idea what's going on at this point. And I can kind of hear them and then they get up, you know, they say, man, and I, they, they see me come up and I'm talking about, you. it, it went off. I'm talking yeah. about like crazy. Every single one of them. And, you know, just knowing that you're that loved by the guys that you work with so much, it's kind of like a surreal moment for you. Um, that's that's definitely definitely got to be as of right now i get the you know the greatest moment hasn't happened but so far i think that was probably it um and uh just made me feel like we weren't just coaching and player relationship i mean we're family we spend enough time together we're family and uh we ended up i'm talking about beating the brakes off of madison county and um you know they they didn't do very well it was like 47 13 or something like i mean that. it's a, it's a different bond yeah like, yeah, like yeah. a coach and player like it's 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 almost it's almost not worth even trying to explain to somebody who doesn't understand so I, i'm not going to, i'm not going to try but i mean i i i totally can feel where you're coming from there because uh we've all we've I, i've experienced it you've experienced it not quite not quite like that but right yeah yeah that's uh that's that's dope yeah that's definitely awesome i it, and it's it's I think it's better in a small town in high school for sure in your hometown right where you know you know a lot of people but like like Chris was saying and you like to have that much respect or to to, to garner that much respect is really I mean it it's a testament to you and, and how good of a coach and human being you are not just coach man anybody not I shouldn't say anybody but a lot of people can coach sports or athletics or whatever but but it yep. takes a lot more to teach children about life and to gain a bond like you're a like a big brother or a father figure. It takes so much more to do that than to just coach that that sport. Point blank period. Couldn't have said it better myself. Like and and you know it obviously you just spoke on it, but I mean that 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 bond is so much more rewarding than any win than any Yep. Like those moments that you just spoke on, that was a pregame moment that he just spoke on. Yep. <laughs> that was the most rewarding moment. It's a JV pregame moment. Yeah. The most rewarding moment. But I, I feel that on a damn religious level. Yes. Sir. I mean, and I have that. I have, I, 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 we could go into damn a billion stories on shit yeah. like that. But I most certainly can relate 
uh, can relate to, to that with, without question. All right, so I feel like the last and, and maybe the, the most not important because the, the, whole, the whole thing's been really good, but the last topic at hand. So the SEC has decided to allow alcohol sales inside stadiums during games these days. <laughs> so I guess that answers my question. How do you feel about that, John? <laughs> That's what I, mean. I, I, think I think it's awesome. Um, yeah, I wish the other conferences would do it because it definitely um, it, it's definitely a good time whenever you're having fun and uh, you can enjoy some beverages. I think they'll follow stadium. they'll follow suit on that though, right? Absolutely. Probably, yeah. I mean, I, well, I mean, they have to. have to. Money is money, and that's what I mean. We've talked about this before. That's that's what they want. You know, every school, every conference, every the NCAA, they all want money. Everybody wants money. Well, I mean, think about the, the numbers behind it. I mean, would you rather pay five dollars for a soda or eight dollars for a beer? Eight dollars for a beer, ten times out of ten. And how much money do you make on a beer? Shit, eight dollars. Eight dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Damn near eight dollars. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ooh. but the, the the issue is. Or not the issue. I think what this will help do is, like, the fans like us. You know how we damn tailgate? Yep. Joe, you've never gotten to experience that. Not in Tallahassee. With I have with, 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 with y'all, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about with me. Right. I know you tailgate, man. I know you hang out. Okay. I get it. All right. But you ain't done it right. We do things Ooh. a little different. He ain't done it Ooh. right yet, and that's fine. We understand. We'll, we'll cross that off one day. Maybe this year. Florida State is in Gainesville, right? And yeah, the, that's the, the only the way we'll get you. Up. That's the only way we'll get him there, right? Um, yeah, I'm not going to Tallahassee for anything other that's than a, a Gator game. That's a crying ass shame. Yeah, it's a brand new other than a Gator game. Yeah, but it's it's in Gainesville this year. But anyways, so I mean, when we tailgate, we tailgate like, okay, this is the last beer I'm drinking for three and a half hours. Right. Right. Yeah, but you also you you go into the game knowing that what you just said, and so you're like, I know at Florida anyways, it's always a late showing crowd because everybody's still tailgating. Yeah, they're capping it off. They're capping it off. So now sure. you have that opportunity for a little bit heftier price to to get there at a normal time and see the first quarter. But do you know how happy I would be? And I think Gator fans will stay the same. Y'all let us know how you feel about it. But I would not mind at all paying eh, $8, we $10 up there. But like 5 to $10 for a beer in Dope Camel watching Florida State play. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I, I feel like I feel like everyone else would too. I, I, no, I, I, I and I think that's why they're doing it. So I think it's pretty smart. I, I do too. I, I love it. I lied when I said this is the last thing that we're talking about because it's not. Uh, why did Chris Steele go to USC after he went to Florida and then said Tell he, me about and it. then said he was going to Oregon? Tell me how you feel because you're the one that must feel the most weird about this. <laughs> he kind of validated Florida's bitch a little bit. Here's the thing. We all knew, here anyways, what the reason was. He was very homesick. He wanted to go home. Why he ever took the middleman to, to Oregon, I, I'll never know. Oh, okay, him. Go ahead. Keep talking because I, I think I have an answer. Okay. He took the he, – and he never he, – obviously, he never enrolled at Oregon, so he's not going into the transfer portal again. <laughs> but he told Oregon he was coming, right. signed all his financial aid stuff, and then – went on a uh, recruiting trip with Brew McCoy, who obviously struggles making up his mind from USC to Texas back to USC. They should room together. <laughs> they should room together with Jalen Jones. Um, but, I mean, I, I right. just, it's, yeah, go ahead. Just, Here, here's just what I have on it. Here's what I have on it, right? So this comes from Brady McCullough 
Um, he's a he's a USC beat writer. Norman Steele, who is Chris Steele's dad, right, says that USC coach Clay Helton did not have a scholarship available for Chris Steele when he initially decided to transfer from Florida. That led to a quick commitment to Oregon. But since then, the Trojans have done some, he says, they have, the Trojans have had a spot come open, and I'll translate that for you. The Trojans have done some shady shit and pushed a kid out of their class so that a, a scholarship spot is open and that they now have been able to flip Chris Still from Oregon back to USC. You read it. You read it, didn't you? I read it. Okay. Uh, there's a, apparently there's a whole. Uh, huh? I just got a uh, a message that said there's a whole article, um, of, uh, like about basically validating everything that every Gator fan has said that he just was homesick and this was his excuse to get out. All right. I, I haven't read the article yet, but that's 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 what the the person told me the article said. So here's how I feel about it, and this is, and then I'll I'll wrap up my opinion at, at this point. I think Florida still loses in this kid because he would have been a great player for the University of Florida had he really wanted to be at Florida. Agreed. Right? So they're still a loser in, in that sense. Yes. However, to go ahead and find out that he never really wanted to be at Florida this early is a is mm, it's not a good thing. Because it's not a good thing. But it is a silver lining. Like y'all really didn't want this type of headache, this type of management issue. Like this kid was gonna be a coach's headache for three to four years if he would have stayed at Florida. He never really wanted to be here. Like you said, he probably really was homesick, but they were never going to be able to coach that kid hard. Right. He was never going to be able to face any adversity. He would have right. folded up tent whenever either one of those things happened. So, right. you know what? You better just go ahead and wash your hands with that guy right now and, and move on and, and go ahead and address the issue, address the need, find another kid that wants to be a Gator that may not even be as talented, but that wants to be at University of Florida. I agree 100% with you. Um, I think it's also a good um, – it finally looks better on the coaching staff. You know what I mean? I, I, don't know, I don't know that I agree. I mean – Well, for – you know, when he first left, it was because of the whole incident because he, he said he wanted a room change, which I have my suspicions about from the beginning because – I, I mean, I showed you the tweet on April 25th or whatever when he was super excited about getting back to Gainesville with these best friends, Jadon Hill and Jalen Jones. And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, he's like, oh, by the way, I asked for a release from my room four months ago. No, you didn't. You didn't. I don't care what anybody says. He didn't. I mean, I don't I don't know if he did or he didn't, but I don't <clears> – I don't know. I, that, that part I won't speak on. We, we don't need to go into that at this point. Woodley, how do, you, how do you feel about it? What do you think about it? I think the uh, the portal is going to ruin college football. Yeah, um, you know these kids making up, you know whatever reason they have uh, to transfer. You know it's really taken away. This is, a, in my opinion, a direct result of that everybody gets a trophy mentality. Mm -hmm. uh, you know these kids grow up being pampered, and you know things aren't going well for me here, so I can either work hard and earn it, or I can leave to where the grass is greener. But the grass isn't always greener, and I think some of these kids will get burnt in the end. But at the end of the day, you got two options: you can work hard and earn a spot. You know, you know, there's no replacement for hard work. You know, the, the old adage for coaches: hard work beats talent. Beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Uh, that applies here. So 
if you can't make it where you're at now, transferring somewhere else doesn't mean you're going to make it there. And they think that just because they have to work to earn that they can just transfer and have an immediate spot, I think it's horseshit. No, I, I totally agree. The other the other aspect or the other layer to that is, like, I think the NCAA, I think, I truly believe this. I don't really care for the NCAA, but I truly think they knew this was going to happen. I think they knew that this was going to be a shit show. You guys want open, y'all want this? Then let We'll give it to you. It's just that old, like you said, the old saying, the old adage, give somebody enough rope, they'll hang themselves. Like, they will. Like, you give somebody enough leeway that, that's not responsible for that, they'll get themselves in enough trouble. So here we are, you athletes, y'all wanted this. Y'all wanted this freedom. You wanted this. Coaches leave so we can leave. Here we are, and now this has turned into a shit show. Florida State just had a five-star receiver, George Campbell. He went to Penn State. I'm at Penn State. It's the greatest thing ever. Okay, well, now he's going to West Virginia. So, like, what the hell is really going on? Nasir Upshur, a tight end for Florida State. He was going back to Penn State, where he's from, Philly. Okay, Penn State doesn't want you. So now you've left Florida State, and you have no home. So, good luck. DeAndre Francois, his was a little bit different, but uh, we walked on that FAU. So, you want this, now you got it. Here we are. Right. I agree with both of you, obviously, because I think it's asinine and stupid. But the one thing you said... John about adversity man adversity will always build character always I don't care who you are where you are when, when you get slapped one of two things is going to happen you're either going to slap somebody's ass back or, or you're going to take it and you're going to move on I, when you said that the, you know about the the everybody gets a trophy mentality is so true because that's how that's how kids really think like adversity is nothing anymore it, it, it's just something else that gets in the way that you can run from there's no, there's no more, uh, there's no more fighting back. It seems like it just seems like everybody's lay it down. Yeah, you just lay down. And you're like, all right, well, fine, I'll go over here because these people, these people, these people want me right now. And then, what if they don't? What if they don't want you? And that's that's where we're at. And I think it's a, a sad, sad situation that that we're in in the college football world because you know college football obviously is what we love the most. Yeah. In any athletic venue, so it, it kind of sucks to know that it's declining instead of hitting the incline for now hey guys thanks so much for listening uh it's been uh, on the front porch with joey edge and special guest john woodley we want to give a special thanks to him uh for coming on and and, and shedding some insight to um you know his path his career path and and just a little bit of look into his life so guys five stars on itunes uh like and uh retweet they're free Remember that. Keep that in mind, guys. Likes and retweets are free. Um, again, thanks for listening. This has been uh, Chris and Joey and uh, John and even a little bit of Bradford here at the end on the on the front porch, guys. Hope you have a good evening. Music credit, Lil Wayne featuring Drake.